What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, November 10th. 10. I guess 10's the number today because it's week 10. I, I, this season's flying by, man. Absolutely flying by. But uh, a very pivotal week for sure for fantasy purposes. Likely a month left in your fantasy football regular seasons. So let's get you set up here with the waiver wire for week 10. Before I do that, though, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Have I asked that question to you for the last 90 days in a row? It's got to be at least. Anyway, we love Monkey Knife Fight, though, because you got to check it out. Check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because, well, MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against the Sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and a little thing called football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to get when you sign up to play. Monkeys, knives, fights, sports, all of that. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply See site for full terms and restrictions. All right, let's dive into it. The waiver wire for this week, and I'll start a quarterback. It's not a great week for quarterback. I don't know what out, what is out there on your waiver wire, though, so I try to cast a wide net. Of course, you can get my entire set of rankings over at ftnfantasy.com, waiver wire rankings every week. And uh, right now we are running a special promo since it is Masters Week. The promo code Masters will get you 20% off on a subscription. And the beauty is, maybe you didn't sign up. Uh, well, you can sign up now and you get it for a year. It's not like you get it until the Super Bowl or until week 17. Your subscription's active for 365 days. So fantasy draft season rolls around. You already have your subscription. You already get the draft guide that I produce, you already get the rankings, the projections, all that good stuff. And everything from everybody else. You already get all the dynasty stuff in the offseason, the rookie draft guide that we put together, all of it. You get that. You get all the rankings until week nine of next year. It's a good deal. 20% off promo code MASTERS. So a quarterback... Really, the two guys who I think are appealing for the stretch run, at least showing some upside here this past week, Drew Locke and Tua Tungavailoa, 5% on each of those guys. Locke had a favorable matchup. It was Atlanta, but I think he's got enough upside here, enough juice that I'm adding him for the stretch run. Same with Tungavailoa. I really like what I saw out of him. You know, he was very efficient. He doesn't have a big arm. He's not Justin Herbert. You know, he's, he's not Joe Burrow. But he's smart. He's surprisingly mobile. He's not Kyler Murray. Like, he's not super mobile, but sneaky mobile. Like, that part of his game, I don't think we saw enough of that at Alabama. Well, he didn't really need to at Alabama. But just, he throws a pretty ball. You know, he had a couple throws on the move last week. And it's it's always interesting seeing a lefty, you know, definitely a slightly different look for opposing defenses as well. But I, I like him. Ended up being quarterback 16 for the week. So, yeah, he'll be a quarterback 2-plus going forward. 
5% on him. The remaining quarterbacks are the deep league guys, Alex Smith, Jake Luton, and Garrett Gilbert. They are only two quarterback league guys in two quarterback leagues. Every starting quarterback is owned. So I would prefer Smith out of those guys. But Luton is kind of interesting if he keeps the starting job. Uh, and I don't know if he does. I don't know if he does. Same thing with Garrett Gilbert. I don't know if he does, but in two quarterback leagues, 12-teamer especially, super flex. I mean, you are probably not looking at any starting quarterbacks on waivers most weeks, so you have to grab guys like this if necessary. So that's quarterbacks. Not a great week at quarterbacks. Not actually a great week at the top at running back. Now, I did talk about Mike Davis yesterday just to throw that out there again. He's available in 30% of ESPN leagues. I mean, that's way too high. Way too many people dropped him. They made a huge mistake last week because Christian McCaffrey, even though Matt Rule called him day-to-day, Matt Rule also said two weeks ago that he was hopeful McCaffrey would return, and he didn't. So I'm not going to take what Rule says uh, here with you know any... I'm not going to take it at face value. Let's put it that way. So Davis, if he's out there, 35%. Now, you may only have him for one week. You may have him for more than one week. Who knows? But he should be freaking owned, so I would go after him hard. Otherwise, this is a week where we're going to start to really churn the bench. I do it all season long, but I especially do it at this point because, like I said, we're one month out from the, the playoffs. You're probably in the hunt if you're still listening to this podcast. So give your bench a long look. If there are guys on your bench who you don't think you're ever going to start, and they don't have the implied value of being like handcuffs, then cut them loose. If you're sitting there with Darius Slayton and you like your wide receivers and you don't think you're ever going to use Darius Slayton, you could cut them loose for a bench churn running back. That's kind of where we are. Now, I think Zach Moss is a little bit more than a bench churn guy. I have him at 15%. He scored three touchdowns over the last two weeks. And his ownership's only at 52%. So he's out there. Um a flex or better every week is what I think we're going to be looking at. And, of course, if Devin Singletary goes down, then all of a sudden Zach Moss is a front-end RB2. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, 12%. Last week wasn't good, but it was against the Colts. I mean, that was such a good defense. Uh, he's still fairly widely available out there in 37% of leagues, so I go 12% on J.K. Dobbins. Of course, Mark Ingram could cloud things a little bit there, but I, I just I'm going to shoot for that high ceiling. Wayne Gallman, 10%. I don't know if Freeman gets back this week, although I do think he does. The thing about Wayne Gallman, I keep calling him the East Coast David Montgomery, but maybe he's better than that. He's scored in each of the last three games. Does he keep the job ahead of Devonta Freeman? Like, if you're the Giants, what do you do? So 10% on Wayne Gallman. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, 10%. Jonathan Taylor is continuing to backslide here. It's not, we're not out of committee zone just yet, but uh, definitely think Wilkins is worth putting on, on rosters right now, 10%. Uh, Duke Johnson, so the two things you don't do when it comes to waivers, right? Don't sort by projected points. Don't sort by last week's fantasy points scored because the fantasy points scored, do, that does not tell you the whole picture. Duke Johnson, sure. He was, in a lot of formats, he was like a top five fantasy back last week. But he really wasn't a top five back. David Johnson left early with the concussion. Duke Johnson scored a rushing touchdown but did not look good on the ground. So I'm going 7% on him. I'll give it to you that you know he should be owned, but I'm not going to get too carried away. I think he'll probably end up going for more than that, and I'm not willing to spend it. Duke's a love-to-love guy. People love to love Duke Johnson. I don't know. I don't know. 
Phil Lindsay, 6%. Melvin Gordon's just not playing well. Not that Lindsay's playing you know, well, Lindsay's playing better. It's not he's not playing a lot because of the injuries and nagging injuries, the toes. But I would I'd still tuck him away on my bench. Six percent. Five percent on the following. Ready? Alexander Madison, Latavius Murray, Tony Pollard. If Matt in Madison and Murray's case, if the starter goes down, Camara or Cook, those guys are instant top fives. Instant top fives. And I know Alexander Madison didn't get it done in one game. Okay, you don't have to tweet me and tell me, hey Jeff, remember that game? Because I do. I remember it. I also remember Mike Boone in week 16. People still tweet me about that, but Mike Boone in week 17 was just fine. It's the offense itself, one game, one off, whatever. I don't really care about that with Madison. I want him on my freaking bench. And you know what? I'm taking a shot here. It may not happen, right? It may not happen. We may not get anything out of Alexander Madison, but I would rather get ahead of my league right now and have him on my bench because if something did happen... You just, I mean, you do the advantage you get there is so sizable. You don't have to spend 30% of your fab, 50% of your fab on him. You spend 5% on him, you have him sitting on your bench. It's huge, humongous big. Pollard doesn't quite have that potential, but he would be an instant RB2 plus if Zeke went down. And Zeke's banged up as it is. JD McKissick, 5%. I talked about this yesterday. Let's not get too carried away with 14 targets for a running back not named Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. That's a big number that isn't likely to happen again, but he should be on fantasy rosters. Uh, Malcolm Brown, 5%. I want to own all of the LA running backs. Henderson is widely owned, so I didn't include him in this, but he should be owned as well if he's somehow out there. He's the preferred back in that backfield. If Henderson was out there, I would, I would pay more than... Uh, what I'm paying for Zach Moss. So I'd probably be in the 20% range. I'm not going to pay as much as Mike Davis because Henderson doesn't have the elite potential that Mike Davis does if McCaffrey doesn't play. Um, so there you go. Uh, deeper backs who I would add. LaMichael Ryan. I initially had him higher, uh, but I'm going 4% on him because Frank Gore actually led the backfield on Monday night. But there's still a high ceiling with with Ryan, Troy Main Pope and Kalen Balazs at 4%. Pope missed last week. So Joshua Kelly's backsliding. Justin Jackson is hurt. Austin Eckler isn't returning anytime soon. Like, I don't expect him until December. So is it Pope, who looked pretty good two weeks ago and was concussed last week? Or is it Kalen Blage, who's basically never looked good except for this past week? I don't know. I wish I could tell you the Chargers backfield has been an absolute mystery. So in deep deeper leagues only, I'm going after these two. If I gun to my head, if I had to choose one, I'd go with Pope. But that is an anti-Balage bias that I have. Regardless, 4% on both. Savan Ahmed, 3%. This is a sneaky pickup because not a lot of people are talking about this, but he led the backfield in snaps. And honestly, watch the game back. He looked like the best back on the field for them, which is not saying that much given who was out there for them. But we saw we saw a similar pattern. Miles Gaskin, early in the season, remember very early in the season, I was like, after week one, I was like, he looked like the best back on the field. Boom, a couple weeks later, Brian Flores all in. Does that happen this week with Savan Ahmed? I don't know. I mean, we're not going to see Gaskin for at least two more games. So two or 3% on Ahmed, not bad at all. Cam Akers, 3%. I just want every piece of that Rams backfield because you never know which part's going to hit. Gus Edwards, 2%. I feel like he's backsliding a little bit for me. He's fine. I have no issue with Gus Edwards. 
But Ingram, if Ingram comes back, then that really complicates things, and Gus would be the third out of those guys who I would want. Brian Hill, 2%, handcuffing a little bit deeper here. Todd Gurley's the lead guy, but he's worth at least owning. And then Benny Snell, same thing, 2% on him. It's still James Conner, even though last week he disappeared, but I would want to own Benny Snell. Uh, Moving on to... The wide receivers, Jerry Judy, 18% tops the list for me this week. He has been really good over the last few weeks, uh, last two in particular. Since he's moving outside more, I, I really like him on the outside. 355 air yards over the last two weeks leads all receivers. He's really hitting his stride, 18%. 15% on Sterling Shepard. Golden Tate is falling out of favor. Darius Slayton is, well, Darius Slayton, he's a number two receiver for a team. He has downfield ability. But Shepard has really emerged as the go-to wideout for Daniel Jones. 26 targets over the last three games, 15%. 15% on Curtis Samuel. All right, it wasn't just week eight. It wasn't just week eight. Nine catches, 105 yards in a score this past week. A lot of mouths to feed, but I like the direction that Samuel is trending. Jacoby Myers, 12%. 30 targets over the last three games. Obviously a huge performance on Monday night. 169 nice yards for Jacoby Myers. So solid right there. Uh, Jalen Rager, 12%. A lot of people did the old sort by projected points thing. And they missed out on Jalen Rager last week. Uh, Big play upside galore in a pass-happy offense. I like it. Denzel Mins and Brashad Perryman, 10% on those guys. Perryman was the bigger fantasy play, but I actually thought Mims looked slightly better. It was close. Perryman had a decent game. Don't get me wrong. But I would prefer Mims just a little bit more. Slightly out-targeted Perryman, although not by much. You know, I have them both at 10%, and they're back-to-back in my rankings. Just passing game didn't look that bad. It really didn't. It really didn't. So anyway, um, 10% on both of those guys. Alan Lazard, 8%. He'll be back this week. He'll be the number two. You know, so 8%. Uh, we, you know, just reasonable expectations for him because it's still Devontae Adams and a whole lot of Devontae Adams. Tim Patrick, 8%. Taking a little bit of a backseat to Jerry Judy, but still involved and saw three end zone targets last week. A little bit deeper here, Darnell Mooney at 5%. 11 targets last week, led the team, had five catches now in each of the last two games. Marquez Valdez, Scantling at 5%. Got in the end zone twice last week, but those were his only two catches, and Alan Lazard will be back. So let's not get too crazy there uh, with Valdez, Scantling. Gabriel Davis, 3%. This is a deep ad only. He's a little bit buried there because John Brown and Stephon Diggs are not going anywhere, and Cole Beasley's the slot, so he's the number four. But he did catch four balls for 70 yards in a score this past week. They are using him, and he's one injury away from a pretty prominent role in a nice passing game there in Buffalo. Chris Conley, 2%. LaVisca Chenault was banged up, and Conley saw eight targets last week. Downfield threat that he is. Richie James Jr., 2%. I'd love to have him higher because that number was phenomenal last week, but I can't see how he plays ahead of Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. So it's really only a a deep league ad. Cam Sims, 1%. Topped 100 yards last week, but really, again, this is like a bench churn deep league ad right there. Tight end is pretty brutal this week, but I tell you, Jimmy Graham, 7%. He's the number six fantasy tight end right now. (laughs) It's not saying that much. Because it is pretty tightly packed after you get outside of, well, Kelsey at, to- at the top. 
But I'd go 7% on Jimmy Graham, especially if you need the help down the stretch. He's not going to be the most consistent, but he does at least have the ability to produce tight end one numbers. Austin Hooper, 5%. This is banking on him seeing more targets. Remember, no OBJ going forward, so that is actually good for Hooper from a target volume potential standpoint. Irv Smith, 3%. He scored two touchdowns, but let's not get too carried away there. And Jacob Hollister, 3%. Now, he didn't have any touchdowns, but he did catch five balls for 60 yards on seven targets. I actually like that number right there. Uh, but tight end, really thin this week, so that's all I got for you. In terms of my hold list, I am holding Corey Davis. Come on. It was a goose egg, but let's not forget what he did in week eight. I'm holding Marquise Brown. He's got that big playability, and I'm hoping that Baltimore writes the ship down the stretch. I'm um, going to give him at least another week. And Gronk, I'm holding. Sure, one catch, two yards, but he had six targets, so that's the more important number. Terms of the cuts, Gardner Minshew. I'm gonna cut him if I'm still holding on to him in one quarterback leagues for sure. He gone. Uh, I think Gene, Jake Luton may end up taking that job. I'm cutting Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly. He gone. He gone. Joshua Kelly fading from existence. Justin Jackson banged up. Jamichael Hasty. He gone. I am cutting him. He is. Uh, the 49ers aren't willing to give him a full workload. That's not really surprising. He's an undersized back. Uh, McCole Hardman. He gone. Heading into their bye week, probably need the the uh, bench spot, and I think when Sammy Watkins comes back, we're really going to see the role reduced from McCole Hardman. Henry Ruggs, he gone. Derek Carr targeted Raiders wideouts nine times last week. He targeted Darren Waller ten times. We know how this team works. Uh, Scotty Miller, he gone. Uh, Antonio Brown, that's really all that is. No issue with Scotty. He's just you know Antonio Brown basically played the whole game, and I don't see that changing. Here's your streamers for the week. The Philadelphia Eagles going up against Dan Dimes. 1.7 giveaways, 3.1 sacks per game like the Eagles this week. Like the Packers this week because I'm going to attack Jake Luton. Going after the unproven rookies, that's usually a good formula for fantasy defenses. I like the Saints. They shut down Tom Brady and the Bucks. Now they're facing San Francisco, a banged-up offense who struggled to move the ball last week. And I like the Vikings against Chicago. They continue to struggle Fourth fewest points per game, Nick Foles and company allowing 1.3 giveaways, 2.6 sacks per game. Eagles, Packers, Saints, Vikings. There you go. That's it. That's it. Uh, All right, so go check out ftnfantasy.com. Remember, promo code MASTERS gets you 20% off. I like saving money. It's good. Go check it out. Also, keep reviewing the podcast on Apple you haven't done it already, man, the Rat Pack has shown up. I'm still surprised that we we got to a thousand as fast as we did, but we are going to celebrate a thousand here. <laughs> I, I know I, I it's, it's becoming the running joke. No, it's gonna happen. Trust me. Everything you want quality, it takes time. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna celebrate a little celebration there. But if you haven't already. We're not stopping at 1K. We want more reviews that helps more people find the podcast. It helps me continue to do this because it isn't free to do this. So greatly appreciate those reviews uh, from you Rat Packers. Easiest way to do so is if you have an iPhone, click click open the uh, Apple Podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. Scroll to the bottom, click the stars. It's that easy. It really is. At Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram, use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you are a listener of the pod, and I will be back tomorrow with rankings in hand. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Rackliff, and I'm out of here. <laughs>